Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, for he is worthy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. What Jesus did on a cross for us, nobody else would do. Amen. There is nobody that would do what he did for us. God is good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Good morning, good afternoon, and or good evening, wherever you are. I hope you're enjoying this day. I hope you have wonderful preparation in celebration of Jesus rising from the grave, rising from the dead. Amen. Just for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today is a wonderful day, a beautiful day. People are celebrating Resurrection Sunday. They're celebrating uh, uh, Passover. It's a wonderful, wonderful, blessed time of the year. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me make sure I have everything right here. Praise the Lord. Amen. I will open up with prayer. Invite the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being in our lives and teaching us and leading us and guiding us and keeping us from harm. We lift up all prayer requests that we received and we give them to you right now. And I ask that you use me to deliver this word, Holy Spirit, in the way that you would have it delivered. Hallelujah. So that when people listen, whether they're on now or whether they come later, they will be able to hear from the, the Lord God Almighty, creator of all things, king of all kings, and Lord of all lords. There's nobody greater than Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's nobody greater than our God, our triune God. Hallelujah. A God that gave us a piece of heaven by sending you into us, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Bless everyone on here, their households, bless their, their health, their finances, their families, their relationships, even the neighborhoods that they live in, the roads that they live on, their vehicles. Bless everything. I cover everything that pertains to the children of God that listen to this. I cover with the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is nothing greater. Nothing can penetrate his blood. Hallelujah. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you. I'm honored to preach this word today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Let it touch somebody. Hallelujah. Let it touch somebody somewhere. Amen. 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 What I'm going to do is today... I'm, we're going to, when you're listening, those people that are on right now, um, prepare your sacrament. I'm going to have sacrament at the end after I preach the word. Amen. So um, get your fruit of the vine and get your cracker <clears throat> or a piece of bread, whatever you want to, whatever you want to use, um, as long as we're doing it as unto the Lord. Amen. Jesus said every time you do this, he didn't say once a month or you know, once a, a week, you, you could do it as many times as you want to. And and even uh, Israelis are even known to do it approximately three times or more a day. Amen. So Jesus said, as many times as you do this, think of him. Think of him. It's honoring Jesus to do communion. Amen. I'm going to start with, I'm going to be using this sermon. I'm going to cover the things that our Lord went through just for us. Amen? The things that our Lord went through just for us. And I pray also that other preachers out there begin to cover this even more, more than what I will do today. 
And I pray that people begin to see exactly what Jesus did for them. Amen. I'll be going, I'll be taking today's um, sermon from Luke 23. And then I'll go to Mark 15. And then I'll go to Luke 24 and then John. Okay, so uh, hang in there. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Now, this is, I'm going to start with the time, Luke chapter 23. After um people wanted to have Jesus crucified amen and they took him to the authorities and you, that's what the enemy does the enemy when whenever you have an ounce of the lord in you the enemy's going to find something wrong and try to accuse you that was nothing but the devil at work the accuser of the brethren amen Hallelujah, the accuser of the brethren. They accused Jesus Christ. Jesus is accused before Pilate. And it says, and the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, we found this fellow, check out this word, amen, perverting the nation. Isn't that something how perverts will label someone else as a pervert? Amen. When people do something wrong, they want to label you as doing something wrong as well. Amen. <laughs> and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. They were uh, upset at Jesus saying that he is the Christ. Amen. No faith. Amen. He, he's being defamed in front of all these people. They're slandering his name. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. In other words, Jesus is telling him. That's, I like to get out of the King James language sometime and say it in, in our words, right? And Jesus said, Well, you said it. Amen. And then Pilate, then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. Okay, in verse 4, he finds no fault in Jesus. He Pilate finds our Jesus innocent. So he sends him to Galilee. He found out he was a Galilean, so he sent him to the Galilean jurisdiction, which is King Herod. Amen. And it says, um, verse 5, it says, and they were more fierce. They got madder whenever he didn't see anything wrong in Jesus. He stirred up the people teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. And Pilate heard that he was a Galilean, and he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. See, this was Herod's jurisdiction, not his. So just like when you're driving and, and you, you, you do something in one county or whatever, and, and the police have to stop. There used to be, I don't know about now, but they have to stop. It's a county line because that's the next county's jurisdiction, okay? So they have to call it in so the next county can get you, hoping you're not doing that, amen, and <laughs> drive safely. Hallelujah, amen. It says, and as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself was at Jerusalem at that time. Herod was in Jerusalem. And uh, Herod wanted to see miracles, Okay, 
Okay, read verse 8, and it says, And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad. See, he was happy to see Jesus. He was glad to see him. He, he had probably heard about the things that Jesus did, you know, helping people, uh, healing people. And, and he wanted to see a miracle, doing miracles. Amen? And he was desirous to see of him a long season. He wanted to see Jesus for a long time. He wanted to meet him. Because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Uh, there you go. Wrong reason. That is the wrong reason to want. You should want to see Jesus Christ to hear about the kingdom of heaven, to hear about how to save your soul, to to be to be your to accept him. As, as your savior and for him to be your savior the king's interest in jesus was more or less to make him a spectacle it was the wrong reason amen so and it says then he questioned him in many words but jesus didn't answer him jesus did not answer him because jesus is not about entertainment he is not about performance. Lucifer was, but Jesus is not. Amen? The wrong reason. Amen. So, verse 11, and it says, And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught, and mocked him, and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. So, here we go. Herod's jurisdiction sends him back to Pilate again. Amen? And he put, him, he put a beautiful robe on him. It says a gorgeous robe. But that's not because he felt he deserved it. It's because he was, he was mocking Jesus, just like they mock us today. People make fun of Christians. They talk about Christians. They try to hurt our feelings. Amen. For the devil, there's people that have open doors, and the devil steps in and uses them and tries to hurt our feelings in every way they can. He knows what buttons to push. Amen. And verse 12 says, and that same day, Pilate, and watch this, and that same day, Pilate and Herod were made friends together, for before they were at enmity between themselves, they didn't get along. And isn't that something? Uh, Jesus came along, and they had a common bond. You know, your enemies will become friends over you, because you are the common bond. And this happens still today. Amen? You, do you ever have anybody that, do you ever know, do you know anybody that they just didn't get along and didn't like each other and everything? And then when they found out that they both knew you, and one of them will start to complain about you, and the other one will say, yeah, you don't like her either? Oh, I can't stand her. Oh, well, go ahead. Well, we could be friends then. I didn't know we was on the same side, you know. And this is what people do. They become friends over you because of their dislike in you. Isn't that something? These are leaders. You got to think too, these aren't just regular street people. These are leaders, amen, of many people. They became friends. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people, said unto them, ye have brought this man unto me and one that perverts the people. And behold, I've examined him before you and have found no fault in this man touching those things whereof you accuse him. Amen. So Pilate's telling them once again, I don't find anything. I find no fault in this man. Okay? Verse 18. Let's go down to verse 18. And they cried, they cried out all, 
at once, saying, Away with this man and release unto us Barabbas. Amen. For who a certain sedition made in the city and for murder, uh, murder he was cast into prison. They would rather have a murderer set free than to let Jesus free. This is how bad Satan hates us. This is how bad the enemy of our souls hates us. He will enter people and cause people to, they would rather have a murderer set free than to have you around. People, do you know anybody like that? They would rather have people uh, who, who just rob and kill and steal and they just have bad lives. They're, they're not trying to live to the best of their ability. They're not trying to please God whatsoever and they'll go against you. They'll pick, someone will pick them over you. Amen. Amen. And Barabbas, let's get into his name a little bit. B-A-R-A-B-B-A-S. You might see two certain words in his name. Bar, when you usually see bar, it means son. Okay. And Abbas, take A-B-B-A, is who? God, the father. That's one of the names we have for God. So here this man is the son of the father. Now, some scholars say that uh, his name indicates he could have been the son of a Jewish leader. Amen. So they cried, crucify Jesus, crucify him. Amen. They want this evil man set free. Who could possibly kill them once he gets, he was a murderer. That man, he was out of his mind. He wasn't right. He was a murderer. They could have possibly, he could have possibly killed them. They're, at, they're asking the leader to let him go. Not very good, um, not taking, they, I wouldn't say they took very good care of their neighborhoods, right, by letting this murderer go instead of Jesus. Amen. Not very good stewards. God wants us to be good stewards over whatever he gives us. You don't want a murderer walking around in your neighborhood, in your family, on your land, in your household. So, verse 24, amen? Let's go to verse 24. And it says, and Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required, amen? Pilate sentenced Jesus and released Barabbas, son of the father. He was a people pleaser. He's supposed to be a leader, amen? He was a people pleaser. He pleased the people instead of even going by his own thoughts about Jesus, the way he felt about Jesus. He wanted to please the people. He's in leadership. How many people in leadership do we know do the wrong things because they want to please people? Amen. Or they lie and don't do what they claim they were going to do. And in verse 26, it says, as they led him away, they laid, upon, uh, they laid hold upon one Simon a Cyrenian coming out of the country and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it for Jesus, after Jesus. So Cyrenians are, are black. They're black people, dark nationality. So a man of dark nationality helped uh, Jesus carry his cross. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's go to Mark 15. Okay. Mark 15. And verse 15 verses 15 to 19. Amen. All right. And it says, And 
so we're talking about crucifying him in verse twenty of uh, verse fourteen. Verse fifteen says, and so Pilate, willing to content the people, content get it, content the people, <laughs> released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Amen. They scourged Jesus, scourged, scourged, tomato, tomato, right? They beat Jesus. And, and preachers around the world, we need to start telling the truth about this and stop trying to make it a cartoon beating. We need to stop making it look light and fluffy. This was not light and fluffy what they did to Jesus. If you look in the Bible, it says, and they called in the whole band. Amen. It says in verse 16, and the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium. It sounds Roman, doesn't auditorium. We get our words from them. And they called together the whole band. They called in all the boys. This was the worst beating, the worst scourging in the, the history of man. Amen. It's known to be the worst beating in the history of man. Amen. They called in all of them. They clothed him in purple and put a crown of thorns on his head. And when I think about the crown of thorns, I think about what the Apostle Paul said, a thorn in his, remember he talked about a thorn in his side, amen, which was a demon sent straight to Paul to try to mess up his ministry, to slow him down. That's why God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. You'll be fine, Paul. I got this. Just keep going. As I said last Sunday, ride it till the wheels fall off. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many demons, how many evil spirits occupied that, that crown to tear Jesus' flesh? Amen. If Paul had a thorn and Jesus had many thorns in his crown, amen, you know Satan really thought he was doing something. He's sitting down and he said, we got him now. We got him now. Amen. Amen. You can see that about Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Amen. That is not the proper, that was not the proper way to crown kings. They mocked him. They ridiculed him. They tried to embarrass him. And remember now, when they scourge people, you're naked. You don't have that little teeny piece of, of cloth over you like people show. Well, they have to show it, you know, in movies and things like that. Uh, but, you know, he was, Jesus was completely naked. The Jesus that healed people, the Jesus that turned water into wine, the Jesus that caused, caused people to hear and see. Amen. They, he was naked in front of all of whoever was there to see him. Amen. And when they put the crown on him, I think about how the Apostle Paul said that he was exalted. The, crown, the reason he had a thorn is because he was exalted in case he would be exalted above measure. Amen. A messenger of Satan was given to him lest he be exalted above measure. And I'm thinking the way these people put that crown on him, the crown of many thorns, they put it on him and it's, it's, it just stuck down into his into his, his, his head a blood gushed a blood gush, gushed all over his face amen lest he be exalted they're letting him know we are not going to exalt you here 
you're not going to get it here. Amen. Amen. Evil, just evil people. It's called the, the flagellation, the scourging, the beating. They beat Jesus unrecognizable. Now, when they would scourge people in those days, they stretched them out on a stone column that still bears the marks today. Scholars have a column, a piece of the column that was used uh, to beat Jesus, and the column, the stone column has marks today. Now, if the column still has marks today, imagine what his flesh looked like. Amen? Just imagine in your mind, if stone still has the, the marks on it, what did Jesus' flesh look like? That cat of nine tails ripped him to pieces. It shred him like the pieces of cloth that they used to bury a person. But back in those days when they buried people, they would take cloth and cut it in like two-inch pieces, maybe four-inch pieces, and they would anoint the body and wrap the body and prepare the body for burial, just like Jesus told people about the woman to wash his feet with that expensive spikenard. He said, she's preparing me for burial. Amen. And you think about it. When they scourged him, they're scourging. They were, no, they were noted to be the best scourgers in the world. Now, usually they do the legs, the back, amen, the arms, but they scourged him all over. They ripped Jesus to pieces, amen. They, and they were also known to cut off body parts. Amen. Now, you think about what Jesus went through for us in this scourging. It was the worst scourging known to man. So, yes, the devil used them for more than just his back, his buttocks, his legs. Amen. Amen. You can imagine even a lot of people don't want to think about this, but they most likely could have ripped his lip. They could have ripped his eyes, one of his eyes or both. He had a bloody nose. He could have had a bloody nose. They could have ripped into his private parts. I know some people might not want to hear that, but do you think that they let that go? Especially something as personal as that. They were trying to embarrass him and bring him down as far as they could take him. Amen. They ripped into every part of his body. Jesus was a victim of lies and ridicule. He was beaten, spit upon. You can imagine his eyes being blackened and a bloody nose. And that cat and nine tail must likely, like I said, ripped his eyes or his ears, even cut his ears. Amen. Like a sheep led to the slaughter. Jesus didn't have on any fancy drapings. He didn't have any fancy drapings on his body. Amen. And you can only imagine how the people that loved him and was with him felt. 
after they saw him, when they saw him after this, there was, if you only imagine the God that they loved, the man, their brother, big brother in the body of Christ, you can only imagine how they felt. And they saw him do so many miracles. The cross, the beam, rubbed his shoulders. If there was any skin left there, remember, he's carrying the cross after this happened, dripping on the ground, dripping blood as he walked. Amen. He most likely skinned his elbows and his knees while falling. It wasn't easy. It was nothing like the directors make it look like on TV. Nothing like that. They could they could only directors on TV could only go so far on these movies. Jesus paid the price. We worry about it whenever we get a, a little piece of glass in between our toes or in our big toe. We worry about whenever we get a splinter. Oh Jesus. Imagine getting what he got. You can't do it. We cry when we get a splinter. We cry when we cut our finger. Imagine Jesus did it all for us. He paid that price. And for some to believe in him and turn their backs on him, they're out of their mind. They're not in their right mind. They listen to the devil whisper too much. This man was tough. How do you feel when you fall in public? Even whether you're home or if you're on a sidewalk in the middle of a city or you're, you're on the bus or if you're on your job, how do you feel when you fall in public? It's embarrassing, isn't it? And it's hard to overcome. All you can do is just get up, dust yourself off, and pretend like nothing happened, but it kills your pride, right? Right? We're worried about when we fall in public. He fell bloody. The sand and the dirt underneath his feet mixed in with the blood on his body. He's burning and hurting and carrying that cross for you. Carrying it for us. He's doing what he agonized over in the garden. He agonized over that so much it says that his sweat came out as blood. Big drops. He knew, he knew this was it. As far as the human part of him is concerned, he, ha he had to go through it because Jesus is love. And he did it for us. Isaiah 52, 14 says he was disfigured. Look up the word disfigured. You couldn't even tell who he was. And most likely, you could probably tell he's human by his shape, but nobody even recognized who he was. If it wasn't for the cross, they wouldn't even know who he was. And it's just like us. If it wasn't for the cross, people wouldn't even know who we were, who we are, because we used to be so hellish, so hellified. Starting trouble, doing things we know good and well we shouldn't do. But we hide behind the cross because he did it just for us. 
God wants you to know today, you can go from being disfigured. He, he, he can take your beauty and change it to ashes. He can take, he can take your ashes, actually, disfigurement, and change it to beauty. Amen. God can take your disfigurement and change it to something wonderful through only through his son. No magic, no, no spells, no, no witchcraft, no enchantments. It's only Jesus Christ, the one that went through all that for us. And some of us have our nerve to complain about things going on in our lives. And we, we learn for years we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. The reason people say, well, I've been praying for years. I went through this for years and, and this and that and, 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 and nothing ever happened. Well, how's your faith? Do you think about what Jesus went through so that you won't have that arthritis? Do you think about what Jesus went through so you won't have that condition that you're going through? Cancer? Do we believe enough that the blood of Jesus Christ is healing? Do we believe or do we give more credit to the disease that Satan sent us than we do the blood of Jesus Christ that was spilled on streets and on the hill called Calvary, Golgotha, the place where they buried the head of Goliath. And as Jesus hung on that cross, his feet were on top of the skull. His feet were on top of the enemy. And that's the way he wants us to be, on top of the enemy. Amen? Now, let's go to Luke chapter 24. We did Luke 23. Now let's go to Luke 24. Amen. Verses 1. And it says, Now upon the first day of the week, which is Sunday, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared. This is the women. And certain others were with them. This is on the Lord's Day. Amen. Women went to the sepulcher and had spices for, as I said, wrapping Jesus' body. They were going to take care of his body. He took care of them. They was going to take care of him. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And if we want to take care of Jesus, let's get out there and start telling people about the love of Jesus Christ. That's what he wants us to do, take care of him by telling other people about him. Amen. Taking care of others means we're taking care of Jesus. And verse 4, it says, When they went there and came to pass, it says, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. When they went in, the body was gone. Jesus rose. God is not a man he should lie. Jesus rose. He rose. He is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. And they saw two men standing by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, 
Why seek ye the living among the dead? First clue, amen. These angels, doesn't say anything about wings, two men in shining garments, which means there's different, and God uses different angels, amen. They got their, the women got their first clue. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? They're telling them right there, Jesus isn't dead. <laughs> Jesus is alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. He is not here. Verse 6. He is risen. Amen. That is a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Luke 23. 6. He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoken to you when he was yet in Galilee? In other words, they're saying Jesus told you he was going to rise again. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And it says, and they remembered his words. Angels can help you. They minister unto us. See, they help them to remember his words. And it says, and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Amen. And the women that were there were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James. And other women, it says, that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. They went back to tell the apostles that Jesus was alive. Jesus was not in that sepulcher. Jesus was not dead. Amen. And verse 11 says the men didn't believe him. The men were hiding for fear of the Jews, it says. The men, what, you know, where, where were the men? When the women were doing all this the next morning for Jesus, what were the men doing? Why didn't they have a plan? And they say women can't preach. They say women can't be apostles and leaders and preachers and teachers. What were the men doing? They were afraid. They were hiding. Amen. So verse 12, Peter ran to the sepulcher and he saw the linen clothes by herself. Jesus was gone. Now, you remember, this is Peter that walked on water for Jesus. He wanted to see him. Jesus was gone, Peter. He's gone. Remember what he said. You know, it's customary in restaurants to lay the napkin down when you're finished eating and you're letting the waiter know, I'm done. It is finished. Amen. And it's when, G, when when they went in and saw that, when Peter went in and saw that, that it was Jesus sending him a message. It is finished. I did what I came to do. Amen. And isn't it wonderful that Peter had a chance to get to know him? And it says, John 20, uh, verse 10 says, the men left and went home. The women wanted to wrap his body and anoint his body, and the men left and went home. So I guess they saw it was over. Verse 13 says, Jesus spoke to two of them. He even talked to two of them while they were walking, okay, down the street. And he heard them talking, and he said, so what happened? What's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they didn't even know it was him. 
These people were in such a, a, another place. They didn't even realize they were talking to the risen saved. Oh, my God. Don't ever do that. Know Jesus when you, when you hear him, when you hear his voice. They didn't even realize they were talking to the risen Savior. And they told him about himself. They literally told Jesus about what happened, and he's sitting there, he's standing there walking with them, listening to them talking about what he had just gone through. Amen. Verse 13, it says, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. Amen. And they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass while he communed to get, while they communed together and reasoned. Okay, they're trying to figure out, well, this happened. That, well, why do you think this happened? They're trying to reasoning. And Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communication are these that, have, that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? These people were sad. It says their eyes were holding. Now, could Jesus have caused them to not know who he was? We don't know, but the, they did not know who he was. Amen. And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered and said, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? In other words, he's saying, How could you live in Jerusalem and not know what happened? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified. They crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which uh, should have redeemed Israel. They're saying we believed him to, to redeem us. He was supposed to be the redeemer of Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher, when they found not the body. And they came, that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. They're telling Jesus that he is alive. He went through all this, and he is now alive. Amen. Amen. And then it says in verse 19, John, wait, let's go to John 20. John 20, verse 19. It says, then the same day at evening, before it was morning, now it's evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, it said, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. They were The men were so fearful, they were inside with the doors locked, and Jesus walked through the walls. He walked through the doors or whatever. Jesus has all power, amen? You can't shut the door in Jesus' face. If Jesus wants to get there, if he wants to come, he's coming. You can't do anything. And it's just like right now to all of these rich folks around the world where the Illuminati, whatever their name is, that has all this Project Blue Beam and all this other kind of stuff where they're supposed to be fighting Jesus when he comes back. Let me let you know right now. Let me hit you with a tip. 
Nothing that you use is going to stop Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, from coming back. Blue beam, green beam, and nowadays you probably got a pink beam. Amen. I don't care what color beam you have. I don't care what you use. I don't care what kind of wavelength you try to put into the, the, the atmosphere. I don't care what you're trying to use to stop the sun from shining. You cannot stop the sun. And that is S-O-N and S-U-N. You're not going to stop Jesus because he's coming back. My God is not a liar. Amen. Jesus walked in while the doors were shut. And when he, you ever notice every time Jesus wishes people peace, when he shows up, he says, peace be upon you. And that's what he said to them. And this is what he's saying to us today. Peace be upon you. Amen. And everybody believed. But there was one doubter, Thomas. Jesus had to show him the holes in his hands and his side to stop his faithlessness, just like King Herod didn't believe. Amen? In Luke 23, 8. Do you believe Jesus did all this just for you? Amen. Jesus came back like he said he was going to do. God is not a man. He should lie. Amen. And when he came, said he was coming back, he came back. And he t and there's witnesses. There was. They said it was more than 500 people that saw Jesus when he came back. And it's written in the scrolls, which is what we're reading right now. We're reading the testimony of people who saw Jesus when he came back. And it's written in their history. This is not a lie. And you want to know something? Jesus is coming back again. Are you saved? If you are not saved, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again the third day just for us. And I thank you. Teach me your ways. I love you, Jesus. And amen. Amen. If you said that, welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Go find yourself a Bible-believing, tongue-talking church, a, a church that goes by the Bible. Amen. And, and, and not by their own papers or their own thoughts. Amen. Hallelujah. Their own doctrines. Go by God's, the Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. There, the, the God is, the Bible says God has thrown your sins as far as the east is from the west. They're gone. Hallelujah. Congratulations. You are now of the body of Christ. You are now in the family of God, and he is pleased. He is pleased with you, and uh, you are going to, might make some mistakes, but just ask God to forgive you. Nobody's perfect. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. You're going to make mistakes. Just keep it between you and God and ask him to forgive you and keep on stepping because there is a difference between uh, being condemned by the devil and being convicted of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you feel a nudging, if you feel something strange uh, when you do something, then that's the Holy Spirit nudging you, letting you know you, you, you need to repent. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I praise God for you. I bless you in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. And let's take the uh, sacrament. Get your sacrament prepared. Get it ready. Amen. Bread if you use it. Cracker. Hallelujah. Matzah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And hold it up.
And it says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and he broke it. So let's bless this bread. Don't eat it yet. Hold it up, you know. Let the devil know that you're serving God. You are a servant and a friend of God, and, and this is between A and B, and he needs to see his way out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hold it up and bless it. Bless the Lord God, we bless this bread in your holy name, Jesus, and we thank you for it. Amen. He blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body. Let's eat. It says, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it, for this is the blood. This is my blood of the New Testament. See, Jesus came to make things better, not to get rid of the old, but to, to make it better in the New Testament for which is shed for many by the remission of sin, remission of sin. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth this fruit of the vine until the day, that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So we thank you, Jesus, for this representation of your blood. Take and drink all of it. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says, and then, when they had, I'm reading from uh, St. Matthew chapter 26, verse 30 says, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. So let's sing a hymn. Hallelujah. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Hallelujah, hallelujah, and amen. Let's give God some praise. Or as I've seen people say before, a praise. Amen. I say let's give God some praise. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. All right, guys. God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Hallelujah. God give you his grace and mercy and peace and love and abundance and prosperity and cover you with the blood of Jesus. I pray that you have a beautiful holiday today, a holy. Now, this is a true holy day. Amen. Hallelujah. And try not to eat too much, but enjoy it while you're eating. Amen. And enjoy your loved ones. Reverend Essie signing off. God bless you and keep you. And thanks for coming on and listening. In Jesus' holy name, amen. <laughs>